Welcome back to another edition of our health talk. Today we're talking about from sad and sick to plant-based and healing. A look into our veganing. <laughs> yeah. That was really cool. Thanks. So sad, when we say sad, it's not completely emotional. Right. Sad is the acronym for standard American diet. <laughs> <laughs> and it is sad. <laughs> So, you follow the standard American diet, and as we get into it, we're going to discuss my sickliness mm -hmm. and how my transition came about as well. Okay. So, do you want to start? I think we should start from your perspective. So, what did a typical meal look like for you before you were plant-based? We usually had something smothered. <laughs> Fried that later. Exactly. We had vegetables growing up, canned vegetables. On the weekends, we would go because we were um, active in church. And so on Sundays, we were definitely eating fast food. But during the week, every now and again, we would have fast food. For the most part, my mom would uh, prepare food for us. So you feel like she planned or prepped most of your meals? Or when did you segue into that, like teenage years maybe? College? Yeah, once I went to college, I was pretty much on my own. But before then, she had a heavy influence. And then when high school actually, because I started joining the band and a lot of extracurricular activities, I began to make some of my own choices. I liked fried seafood and <laughs> burgers and tacos and pizza. When I was away from my mom, that's what I ate. Did you ever feel bad or have any type of negative reaction to the food that you ate or did I, you pay attention? I never noticed any negative reaction as far as like my body. I would always get the itis though, you know, mm -hmm. after a heavy meal. Mm -hmm. But as far as like feeling bad, I think when I got older, I started to feel bad after I ate like a heavy meal, but I would also go to meals for comfort. Mm -hmm. Like if I was having a bad day, I would plan my dinner to satisfy or to fill any voids that I might have felt. So you feel like you have an emotional connection to I your eating habits? I absolutely did. So was there like a particular meal you enjoyed when you were like sad or when you were happy or was there anything that you connected to those emotions? I deemed myself a foodie. I was never big on sweets, but I loved food. And depending on the day that I had, I would reward myself with food. I would drown my sorrows in food, but it was never one particular food. Although I did really love boneless buffalo wings. <laughs> Until I found out what they were. Yeah, but it just depended on the day. Mm -hmm. I just would have a feeling, oh, you know what would satisfy me today? Tacos would satisfy me today. And I would have that. And I also felt like a sense of joy planning what I was going to eat for that day. Mm -hmm. I spent a lot of time thinking about, you know, the meals that I would have. Yeah, that's, that makes sense. I think everybody kind of has their go-to comfort food right. or items that we depend on if we're having an emotional moment or an experience. So we talked about sad and sick to plant-based and healing. Um, when we said sad, that was regarding the standard American diet and what I was consuming. And then sick in reference to you. Do you feel like your illnesses were impacted by the food that you consumed or contributed to any of what you've experienced with them? Absolutely not. 
I never had any idea that food was affecting my illness. No doctor ever told me this, you know, and I didn't correlate the fact that I would feel bad after eating a meal because there was never an immediate reaction to where like I ate some food that maybe wasn't good for me and then I felt ill. Mm -hmm. There was never a reaction of that magnitude immediately. Mm -hmm. So I never put it together. I never Mm -hmm. thought that food affected how I felt at all. So what illnesses do you currently I was diagnosed with sickle cell anemia within my first year of life. And then in 2005, I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, which is peculiar because type 1 diabetes is usually referred to as juvenile diabetes. Mm -hmm. And it is diagnosed when you're a child, usually. Mm -hmm. But I was far from being a child. (laughs) Young adulthood, right? Extra grown. (laughs) (laughs) And... They diagnosed me with type 1 diabetes. Mm -hmm. And so how has food affected those? Diagnosis? Well, now now I've correlated the two. Mm -hmm. And I realized that it does affect it. When I was diagnosed with diabetes, I was in the hospital, the emergency room, and they tried to give me a summary of what it was. Basically, they just told me what I could not eat. And they began to give me a laundry list of food and things that I could not have anymore Mm -hmm. because I was a type 1 diabetic. I was destroyed. So they gave me insulin. It wasn't enough insulin. Mm -hmm. And so I began to take that insulin, but I would feel so bad. Like when my sugar would get high, it would cause me to be weak and to like sleep really, really heavy and not be able to wake up and not have any energy just to feel extremely sluggish. And so I finally found like a doctor to prescribe the insulin and they let me know that the insulin dosage that they gave me in the hospital was very, very low, and it wasn't enough. So then I got my uh, insulin dosages down, and I discovered that I could have all the foods that they said I couldn't have. All I needed to do was take insulin, magical insulin. Ah, and once again, my diet was sad. <laughs> Thank you, insulin. So you found a workaround. <laughs> I found a workaround. <laughs> For your bad eating habits. Yes, yes. <laughs> to excuse those bad eating habits. So you would eat still very high carbohydrate meal, but just give yourself more insulin. Uh, hefty amount exactly. of insulin. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Might um, I add, I have a very hefty <laughs> appetite. And so what's normal for regular people uh-huh. is supersized and uh-huh. then some for me. Yeah. So the carbs were extra heavy. <laughs> they were obese. <laughs> As was I. <laughs> well, I'm glad you can say that with, with humor now. <laughs> I can relate in regards to uh, food, being a food connoisseur myself. Mm. I enjoyed cookouts. My family's from South Louisiana, so everything surrounds food. If you graduated, food. You got baptized, food. (laughs) Family coming over, food. New to the neighborhood. Food. You know what I'm saying? That's our love language. 
So um, hmm, interesting you say that. Yeah, somebody cooks a meal like you're gonna eat it and you're gonna say that it's good. You're not gonna be forced to say it's good because it's gonna be good. <laughs> <laughs> like, everybody knows how to cook, so oh. um, you know, my mother cooked probably five out of the seven days of the week. Wow. And worked full wow. time. Um, only time we may have been picking up something was if we had something extracurricular or we happened to go on a road trip or something like that. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I had a home-cooked meal. But yes, it was smothered. Yes, it was fried. Yes, it was good. Just goodness, you know. Or like sometimes we would have pizza or something like that. Okay. Like she was open to what we would be interested in so was majority of them balanced meals or how yeah, did they she did she did incorporate vegetables she would have like beans or you know we'd have rice and greens now the greens did have fat back in it but <laughs> i mainly consumed the greens it was kind of like known it was for like taste mm-hmm. but if that was your thing you could eat the, the meat in it and it wasn't mm. you know it wasn't brown. So y'all didn't make it with like turkey meat in it. Sometimes, you just, okay. sometimes it would be different things. I mean, it just it would just depend on what we had in the house. You would use the meat fat mm-hmm. for seasoning. Right, mm-hmm. right. That was a part of it. Um, pretty standard in African right. American culture. Right. <laughs> but uh, she was mindful of what we were eating. We would have salads. Oh. Um, like as an appetizer. Um, and, you know, like I said, other side dishes that were vegetables. But. I'm extremely surprised because I don't think I knew what a salad was until I was grown. Yes. I actually had an affinity for salads, fruits. I never was against, like, fruits and vegetables. There may be particular ones I didn't really like, but I appreciated them. I had salad wow. all the time, like, from a kid. You enjoyed up, vegetables? I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I did. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was particular because I don't, I like my salads prepared a certain way. I'm pretty standard. I like cucumber, lettuce, tomato. Carrots are cool. Um, it wasn't until I became an adult where I was a little more adventurous, but I'm still very particular. I do not like fruit in my vegetable salad. (laughs) Those are two separate salads. So I can have fruit salad and I can have like a garden salad. I don't want them mixed together. Do not put strawberries (laughs) <laughs> on my salad because I will not eat it. So I have a question for you. Is there any other way besides the fat back and the greens that you altered your fruits or your vegetables that could have made them unhealthy? For example, we would dip strawberries in sugar. <laughs> Regular <laughs> white sugar. <laughs> I can't say that. I, I did put table salt on like everything. On your fruit? So, oh yeah. It was it was it set everything off. Like I my, I learned from my grandmother actually, um, and she would put salt on her apples, and that's where I picked mm. it up from. And I tasted it one day, and I was like, "Oh my God, this is amazing!" Wow, we actually put salt on watermelon. That too. Okay. That too. That was like that was like my absolute favorite snack. I know that's the like blackest thing I could have said, <laughs> but <laughs> watermelon with salt was like. I could eat a year round, to be honest. Mm. It definitely popped in the summer, but I could eat a year round. But yeah, I put salt on everything: oranges, apples, watermelon, wow. the whole shebang. Mm-hmm. Honeydew, melon, cantaloupe. What about your veggies? Yeah. Were they slathered in butter or um, anything like that? 
Were they steamed or were they? Um, we did eat. Now I will say, not all of the vegetables were fresh or frozen. Mm -hmm. Some of them did come out of the can, and you know those are highly processed. So, um, we did consume those. Um, but it wasn't anything like too extra. I don't think in regards to that. I think there was a little bit of mindfulness there. Yeah. So do you remember when we first started hanging out some of the places that we used to go and eat? (laughs) Yes, I do. And the choices that we made at these restaurants were so different. You was looking at my plate funny. I was looking at your (laughs) plate funny. (laughs) I remember one particular time we were at Papado's. And I ordered the Papado's platter, everything fried with a side of dirty rice, no vegetables in sight, no salad necessary. And you ordered a Caesar salad for an appetizer and some grilled fish and some steamed veggies. And I was like, is she serious? (laughs) (laughs) And you were like, is she serious? (laughs) I mean, I can appreciate fried seafood, but... Since we frequented these places, I was like, maybe I should alternate, you know, fried one time, That's baked funny. the next, or My broiled. perspective was totally different. <laughs> I was like, if I want to eat healthy, I'll eat healthy at home. But when I go out and spend Papa those money, oh, we going all in. in. Yes. It was funny, though, because I think that was like kind of the first thing that we bonded on was food. Right. Which is crazy because, like I told you, like in my family, that's kind of where we spend our time and how we bond and stuff. You're like that. from so, Louisiana, right. and I loved Cajun food, so right. absolutely. We yeah. were at Babins and all over the place. <laughs> right. And there was just so many different things, especially being in the South, like with access to all kind of good restaurants mm. and food. But that also comes with the cost oh don't (laughs) i know it (laughs) because i mean we ate out frequently and even you know just in your day-to-day if you're at work or something like that you can grab something out what was your lunch like i always like bought stuff out depending on how stressed i was Mm -hmm. i probably would go to chick-fil-a because it's the only fast food that i deem permissible (laughs) to eat because after college i was done with mcdonald's jack in the box wendy's all of them because that's all i ate in school Mm -hmm. i was like if i never see fast food again i'm good (laughs) now i didn't want to cook now so uh i had to find other alternatives because yeah, I was not trying to be in the kitchen working away. So during a typical day, what do you think you spent on restaurants? Oh, easy averaging 35 a day. If you're talking about, agree. you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Working downtown, eating, yeah. Because yeah, I was eating out all the time. And then on the weekends, it's like big stuff in regards to like restaurants or whatever. Then I would want like a semi-fine dining experience. Because <laughs> it's the weekend, why not? Or going to brunch or different parties or social activities or whatever you know you want to enjoy wherever you are and then most of the time if it's somewhere you like it's gonna cost did you have any bouts with the emotional eating absolutely i was like a sugar head i didn't realize it Mm. but i ate like a lot of candy when i'm stressed or even if i'm sad my kind of like go-to stuff was more 
like Snickers or brownies or cookies or um, during the day it was mainly candy. So if I can get some Skittles or <laughs> Sour Patch, something like Fruity Sour, Tangy, then I was good to go. So what do you feel like was the starting point for your change or transition? I was having a difficult time controlling my diabetes. So I had been in and out of the hospital and I was diagnosed with ketoacidosis and they were trying to get my... What's that? Ketoacidosis is a serious diabetic condition that occurs when your blood glucose reading has been high for an extended amount of time. So I had to be hospitalized for that. It caused extreme exhaustion. And while I was at the hospital, they said that I needed a diabetic specialist. So I connected with a diabetic specialist once I was released. She put me on a Lantus insulin, which is a long lasting insulin. And what that's supposed to do is keep your blood glucose at bay all day long. Mm -hmm. And so she also gave me a short acting insulin and I'm supposed to take that every time I consume anything that has a carb ratio. Mm -hmm. And so I did that for an entire year and December the next year I had a follow-up exam with my sickle cell specialist and he noticed that I had been gaining weight consistently at an alarming rate. I had put on about 40 pounds in that one year alone and so he really just <laughs> got on to me um, and he gave me the Mediterranean diet and the Mediterranean diet consisted of vegetables um, olive oil and fish twice a week so I was really confused by that I didn't understand what I was supposed to eat at every other meal if I could only have fish twice per week <laughs> and so I left that doctor's visit quite confused a little disheartened sad and I didn't know what I was going to do I just knew that I needed to lose weight and this Mediterranean diet didn't seem like the way that I could do it because I didn't have any idea of how to eat on this without eating any meat because meat was a staple mm -hmm. and I had to have it at every meal or it wasn't a meal right. in my eyes. So um, I left there and I did a little research and I came across green smoothies. Mm -hmm. So I incorporated green smoothies into my diet. I did not use it as a meal replacement. I just added it alongside of my breakfast. Mm -hmm. um, I went on with that for some time and then the church that I was attending proposed a Daniel fast which included eating no meat and no processed food. And it was a bit of a challenge but because my interest was piqued with the green smoothies I accepted the challenge and I enjoyed the Daniel fast. Um, I researched on YouTube, I found recipes, I created mock meat with walnuts, you know, and things of that nature, and I just really enjoyed it. But as soon as it was over, I went back to my meat. <laughs> and so um, I did notice the change of how I felt while I was on the Daniel Fast, but I still didn't associate it completely with um, with the food. Okay, so then a year rolls around. I do another fast that's similar to that. Um, 
that fast. And this time after I came off the fast, I really did associate the feelings of being on this diet um, as opposed to my normal everyday eating. And so when I came off the fast, I started to eat meat um, during the week and on the weekends, I think I would eat health, no meat, or maybe it was the other way around, but I did that for a while. And the thing was, when it was time for me to eat the meat, I would feel very sluggish on those days. And then the days that I was, um, plant-based, right. Um, thank you. (laughs) I will feel better. I'll have more energy and I'll be more alive. So a few months passed by and I just literally made the switch. There was no, no other transition besides that. Um, overnight I just decided, you know, I'm not going to eat meat anymore. And then uh, a couple of days later, I incorporated intermittent fasting within two days from each other. What is intermittent fasting? Glad you asked. (laughs) Intermittent fasting is when you um, restrict your eating to a certain window of Mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, the most popular intermittent fasting protocol is the 16-8. That's Mm -hmm. where you, um, for 16 hours, you don't eat anything. And then for eight hours, you eat all of your food within that window. Okay. Okay, so for instance, you could skip breakfast and noon, have lunch, and then whatever snacks you want to eat or whatever, and then dinner. And by 8 o'clock, you would have consumed all of your food. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also the 5-2 where you eat regularly five days and then two days you would fast. Mm-hmm. There's also the uh, warrior diet. That's the extreme one. That's the, the good one. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when you fast for 20 hours a day and you o- eat all your f- food for four hours in a four-hour window. Oh, wow. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And some people also do the OMAD diet, which is the one meal a day diet. Wow. Where they really only have one good meal per day. Wow. And so I incorporated that, and that actually caused me to lose a lot of weight. Um, And speaking of this time period, uh, when I went vegan, at that time that I went vegan, I had a pain that had been going on for years. It was in my foot, and I would basically walk with a limp. It was so extreme. I also had a pain in my back, but that had been going on for maybe six months Mm -hmm. where I couldn't walk consistently for like 15 minutes at a time without having to stop and stretch. I went to the doctor for these things. Um, I went to all kinds of specialists and they gave me exercises to do. Everybody prescribed me medicine um, and all kinds of solutions that they gave me, but nothing worked. I mean, absolutely nothing worked. I transferred to the plant-based diet and within two months, I think it may have been one month, but no more than two months, everything had resolved. All of that pain that I had, that excessive pain, had resolved. Wow. I didn't even recognize it. I just noticed one day somebody asked me, hey, how's your back or how's your foot? And the pain was gone. Wow. So how excruciating was this foot pain like? Do you feel like you bumped against something? No, um, sickle cell anemia, I don't think I've even described what that is. 
it is a disorder where your cells, they're supposed to be rounded, but they are actually sickle shaped. Um, the sickle is an actual garden tool, but it's similar to the crescent moon. Mm -hmm. So your cells are shaped like in a crescent moon shape. And so this causes them to be um, difficult to pass through like your vessels and things like that. And they get clogged up and it causes extreme excruciating pain to the point where you can't walk and, you know, you have to be taken to the hospital to be administered opioids and uh, extreme amounts of pain medication. And that doesn't resolve it, but it allows you to be able to function um, because you being in that strenuous amount of pain um, it weighs on your heart, you know, mm -hmm. things like that. Most people with sickle cell anemia find themselves getting blood transfusions on a regular mm -hmm. because we always have like a low blood count and things like that. So we have to get blood transfusions. And with that, it just causes all kinds of random pains. Mm -hmm. You can literally have pains anywhere mm -hmm. with sickle cell. Wow. And so I didn't know whether to attribute this to sickle cell, but I knew it wasn't an injury, yeah. you know, but it was a consistent pain. When I brought it up to my sickle cell specialist, well, he's actually not a sickle cell specialist. He's a hematologist, but we didn't have any sickle cell specialists here. So that's who I um, had to go to. Mm -hmm. When I brought it up to him, he said that it was because of excessive weight because I weighed, you know, I was in obese class and, I was confused by that because I knew people who were like three and four times larger than me who had no issues like that. So mm -hmm. I, I couldn't accept that diagnosis of being, um, of it being weight related because mm -hmm. I knew people who were much larger than me and no offense to anyone, but, um, they did not have this issue. They did not have this pain. Mm -hmm. Um, so I didn't accept that, but, um, no one could resolve it. Wow. And it did not resolve until I switched over to the plant-based diet and incorporated <clears throat> intermittent fasting. Wow. That's crazy. So I remember um, the transition period as well mm -hmm. um, for myself. It was a little bit different. <laughs> <laughs> because the standard American diet, the sad diet was comfortable for me but at the same time I've always been mindful of what I was eating this is true so <laughs> even though um, I had meat in my diet I still was very cautious I would say in what I would eat so if I did have a meal that I felt was a little excessive and not healthy, I would try to backdoor and have a salad like it like made up for it or something. What um, deemed a meal excessive? Um, like I like if I did some fried chicken and uh red beans and rice and um biscuits and uh dessert to the get into that like itis state you mentioned <laughs> you know then maybe the next meal I had was a little more health conscious so I tried to have salad or the next day I would have like oatmeal some fruit um and then something leaner for lunch so maybe I would have grilled chicken or grilled fish 
um, so did you did you associate health issues with meat or fried items well I'm like a research person so um, I had heard different things um, from healthcare professionals as well as um, just things that I found online not just googling but actual um, like the NIH National Health Institute um, abstract documents where they had done research on how different things affect our body um, and so from that I I had discovered that like pork wasn't good for you and I had always kind of heard that and um, even like biblically depending on where you fall along the scale you know there was different references to things in the bible that stated what wasn't actually designed for us to consume Hmm. but um i mean i adapted to my culture and my environment and what i felt was okay but i wasn't particularly drawn um to meat like that um it was more so like it was available i particularly liked seafood that was my like go-to I enjoy fish and shrimp and crawfish is like my favorite thing like boiled crawfish Louisiana was, tradition yes, <laughs> it was a thing so um anyways I, I would still like monitor what I eat like I said I didn't do fast food but that was once I transitioned into adulthood <laughs> so but when I was younger I paid attention to things my mom told me that I even like would read the back of certain items to see what the ingredients were just because I was curious as a child. Um, But once I became an adult, like I said, I was mindful, but I wasn't as cautious. Probably once I really realized that I was getting older and um, you start getting life insurance and, you know, you start planning for your future and things of that nature my health started to become more important to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I always tried to do my, my physicals and things like that um, every year and make sure that everything was up to par. But I started to notice that being in the office all day and exposed to various <laughs> food items mm-hmm. as a reward uh, for free from the company... I was putting on weight like consistently and even things that you would see or that I would see um, in articles would talk about how we sat for all that time for those eight hours, nine hours, whatever your work day looks like and you are more immobile, you consume food from that position, you may stress eat like I did you know, when it came to a certain season or what have you in the month, it was like, okay, like, I got to stay longer. I'm going to have some snacks or <laughs> I need to stay up. I'll have a Coke. Or if you're, you know, uh, energy drink person, there was several nights that we had to, to work late. Um, and so I was drinking those, um, just a whole bunch of different things, I started to notice, like, consistent weight gain. It wasn't, like, as drastic and as um, fast as yours, but over, <laughs> over like, a three-year period, like, I had gained, like, 25 pounds. Hmm. 
so I was like, okay, that's interesting. But I really wasn't as concerned. I just kind of was like, okay, that's just kind of the way things go, you know. And even um, in my mind, for a season, I I kind of combated the thought, but I kind of accepted it as truth that as you get older, you just fall apart, you know. You get up in age. One day you can't get up like you used to get mm-hmm. up. And then after your aches and pains, you get to battling the diseases of our culture, which is typically hypertension, high blood pressure, diabetes, cancer. Those things are just inevitable. Right. So at some point, you're going to have to deal with it. You get on your medication and you just deal. You coast and you manage. Um Although I didn't want that to be a reality, I felt like I had no other choice. Right. Um, uh, we were attending the same uh, church organization, so I participated in the Daniel Fast. Also, it was a <laughs> an exposure thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I wasn't necessarily against vegetables, but I was like, how is this going to work exactly? <laughs> What, how do you put these things together? Um, am I going to have to eat salad every day? Um, I was very uh, happy <laughs> that we were kind of doing it at the same time because you were more interested in looking into the recipes and things and I'm more just like, tell me what to do. I don't want to <laughs> look and put together <laughs> all this different stuff. Although I don't mind preparing it because I was more open at that point. It was more exciting to me to try to prepare um, different dishes. I just didn't want to deal with the hassle of like Googling or finding the site. <laughs> That's not my interest. So I thought that was like really unique and uh, a great experience. But <clears throat> along the fast, I found how um, energized I was. I noticed my skin clearing up. I noticed clarity. Like, I didn't really realize that there was a fog. Mental clarity. Mental clarity. Mm -hmm. I had more drive to be creative. Mm -hmm. I was more in tune with the world around me. Um, It wasn't a a high, like, oh, like, you know, (laughs) um, I was buzzed or anything. Not a marijuana high. (laughs) No. It was just just a life high. I I realized, like, emotionally it even impacted me. and I mean, I'm the type of person I'm very grounded and connected to the earth in general. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but <laughs> um, my moods are affected by my environment. So, like on cloudier days, I'm not as jovial. It's not like I go immediately into a panic or a sad or depressive state, but I'm not as like excited or joyful. Mm-hmm. Um, but I noticed that I felt a sense of um, security, stability, um, clarity, peace. I wasn't as anxious. um, And that could also be because of the sugar thing. Now, I will say, (laughs) I will say this. Initially, in starting the fast, I went through a very difficult couple days because I was so accustomed to having sugar. Mm, and wow. With Yeah, and I didn't realize how much sugar I consumed. 
Because when you're just doing it every day, you're not paying attention. It's not something that's irregular. It's not something that would draw attention to it. And <laughs> just like anything, you know, they've even said, like, anything can be an idol. And I don't mean to just get spiritually deep or anything. I just mean you don't realize you have a pro- problem until you try to eliminate it that's true. in life with anything. So if you're like, oh, no, I could stop at any time, mm-hmm. you have an addiction. Right. Right. <laughs> and you often don't realize it until you try to abstain from it. And that basically was like the first probably three to five days. Um, because I was having it in something, whether it was coffee or a soda or a tea or a candy. And you don't, when you're consuming these things, you don't think, oh, it has sugar in right. it. That's not your first <laughs> thought. So, um, but it's natural. You detox. Um, but it helped to like have the fruit and the vegetables and other things to consume during that time. It kind of helped to get me through it. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but it wasn't anything where I was like, I was just crawled in the ball in the fetal position in a corner or anything. But it was noticeable. Sugar is extremely addictive. Mm-hmm. I even heard that it was more addictive than than drugs. Yeah. I could see how that would be because it's literally in everything that Mm -hmm. we consume almost. Uh, Especially if it's processed. Um, But anyways, um, it was a great experience. It was very eye-opening and I had some of the same some of the same thoughts. Did you go back to Nate after it was over? (laughs) I did go back. But it wasn't to the same degree. And there was more of an awareness now. So um, I think I went to just chicken, turkey, and fish for sure after that. And then limited amounts of that even. Um, And once we did the fast the second time around, that's when I was like, okay, there's something different here. There's something to this. And then also... um, it's a it's a mental, physical, and spiritual awakening. Every person that is successful in life guards their health. If you if you pay attention, like they may not be the person that's the advocate mm-hmm. for it, but I guarantee you they're mindful of it. And it's a part of like your creativity and your ability to be a, an efficient um, person, leader. Um, it spills over into everything. And that spoke to me as a person in general because I'm naturally someone who uh, wants to constantly improve in life. I have an achievement type drive. So I'm wanting to know like, how can I improve in what area and what my different goals in life are. And I found it a lot easier to brainstorm and come up with ideas I associate with people that want to progress and that want to create and it just put me in this space where I could do that I wrote poetry that I never did before it opened me up to realizing different gifts that I had it made me more in tune with myself you start to pay attention to what matters I don't know if that's like a part of the grounding and I'm sure there's some like spiritual insight there that I could look more into but even if you're not a person of faith in particular um going on that journey experience is like an awakening like 
that's like as minute as I can break it down. Um, it really truly exposes you to yourself. And so I uh I enjoyed it. I think it was a great place to transition into, but I also recognize that it came in phases, but every like phase was necessary to get me ultimately to where I am today. And so now you're fully plant based. I'm fully plant based. How is it for you? I love it. I love it. Um I don't think about going back. The only things that I want to keep are like the recipes of my family. I want to incorporate the different seasonings and dishes um, into my lifestyle. So I want to know how to keep the, the flavor and the taste, but put my own spin on it with uh, plant-based foods. How did your family react when they found out you were going plant-based? Shock! <laughs> Despondent despair, confusion. Uh, I'm pretty sure they thought I was like losing my mind or an alien of some sort. <laughs> Part of a cult or something. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I've been a black sheep my entire life, so I'm like accustomed to it. Um, I'm pretty sure my mom was just like, I know this child, but what is going on? Um, but after I explained kind of what was going on, why I was doing it, different options that I had, because it is so, like, out there (laughs) for people in my family and my culture. It's extreme. It's like, what are you talking about, (laughs) you know? Um, but once I introduced them to different products that I was using. Some of them were were, were processed, but, you know, it was the alternative to whatever I wanted. Um, It was kind of cool because, like, it was like the student became the teacher, you know? Like, I think that's every kid's kind of dream. Like, you're able to teach your parents something, not in an arrogant way, but just like, oh, yeah, you know, this is something I'm trying and this is something that's different. Um, once they realized that there were options, they were very welcoming oh, and embracing. Um, there's been different products that they've tried. And my dad's a little more stubborn. So <laughs> although he will eat certain things, he will not commit to only eating something plant-based. But he'll try it. He'll taste it. There have been certain items that I brought home that he actually said were good, which I was surprised. Um, but it's been, it's been a fun journey. They're definitely understanding. I think they thought initially like, oh, it'll be like a, a one day thing or a week. Oh, it's a phase, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but once they saw, like I was committed to it, they fully embraced it. And they even tried to like include me in the family dishes because they cook at home. So they would prepare sides for me or try to create a dish Mm -hmm. that I could have which I really appreciated and warmed my heart so that was really cool really cool do you still eat fast food 
very rarely, like I hardly eat any fast food, um, with the exception of Taco Bell, who is super customizable. <laughs> they are the most vegan-friendly establishment I found. Um, but no, I haven't had the cravings for fast food. Um, initially, though, when I went vegan, of course, I was trying to get all of the convenience foods, all, all right. of the fast foods. How can I veganize it? Mm-hmm. I even started, you know, like a little blog and showing people what they can eat. Of course, most of it was processed, you know, <laughs> junk food. Right. Hey, that vegan junk food over here, you know. Right. And people were so happy about that. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we, saw, we were just filling those the areas. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. right. And it was actually pretty exciting right. to swap out, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, anything you can eat, I can eat vegan, right. you know. Right. <laughs> and so um, it was a challenge. You know, let's see how I can make this vegan or I can have wings too. Right. You know, I just dip my cauliflower in the same batter that you dip your wings in. Right, and, right. You know, and have those choices. So, yeah, yeah I, uh, I enjoy fast food for the convenience, but it's lost its luster on me. Yeah. I, I appreciate meals that are pre- prepared now more and... I enjoy like home. I I think I appreciate home cooked meals more <laughs> than yeah. I did before. Um, but of course, so sometimes now. right. Yeah. But of course, sometimes you're in a rush, and so you need something that's convenient. But mm-hmm. I am glad that I have like some kind of staple items that I know I can rush in and get. Even salads, because you can go to Salada now and get exactly. a quick salad. It's expensive now. But, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's an expensive salad, but it is available. It's like anything that you get outside of what you're making is more expensive, like smoothies. You can get a smoothie, you know, outside and it's 7 to $10. Mm -hmm. But if you make it yourself, that that $10 will last you you, for Mm -hmm. multiple smoothies. Right. Yeah. But, yeah, like I said, I'm glad that there are fast food options because sometimes you do just need something really quick. Mm -hmm. But uh, majority of the time, I try to have something that's prepared. Or if it is something that's delivered, because I don't technically call things that are delivered to me fast food. If it doesn't have a drive-thru. Right. So (laughs) I order a lot from restaurants. Unfortunately, we have the wonderful companies that we're forward thinking like uber eats and doordash so um i can still order food that's like restaurant style Mm -hmm. and not necessarily fast but i get it quickly (laughs) but it's not exactly fast food shout out to all the restaurants that are coming up with vegan options really that is like awesome (laughs) do you meal prep a lot or you go out a lot yeah i i do try to meal prep i did it more faithfully um and consistently when i first started um it was so easy (laughs) the thing about meal prepping for me though Mm -hmm. is that i don't mind eating the same thing every day 
until there's like a corner left and there's one last meal left. <laughs> and I cannot bring myself to eat the last meal <laughs> of the prep. Yeah. And so, yeah, I have difficult with th- difficulty with that. But mm-hmm. other than that, yeah, I meal prep. I cook a lot more now. Like before, I would cook in waves. Mm-hmm. I would cook um, for like two weeks straight. And then for like a month, I wouldn't cook anything at right. all, you know. But now it's more consistent. Like, I enjoy cooking now wow. because I know what I'm putting into my food. I know the ingredients. There's nothing hidden. You know, I don't have to guess. You know, I don't have to have a reaction and then say, oh, this must have had soy in it or this must have had, you know, eggs or something in it. Mm-hmm. Um now I like you know it just feels good to be able to control your food and to know that after you eat it you're not gonna have a reaction because right. you know exactly what you put into it. Yeah, I never thought about that, but that's so true. That's very true. Um, do you feel like you spend more in comparison to how you were eating before? I'll say pre plant based. <laughs> yeah. Um Pre-plant-based, I was eating out so much. I would easily spend 30 to $45 a day, mm-hmm. like easily, mm-hmm. you know, $15 for dinner, $12 for lunch and whatnot. Um, so I'm definitely spending less because I'm buying groceries and these groceries are making multiple meals. Well, sometimes. <laughs> and, Depending on your appetite. Right. <laughs> um, but initially my transition from... Uh, the sad diet to the plant-based diet i used to buy a lot of mock meats and a lot of processed food Mm -hmm. and i did a lot of experimenting i like to blame it on the fact that i had like a little blog Mm -hmm. and i had to let the people know (laughs) but actually i wanted to know (laughs) you know what was good and what wasn't so good so i did like experimenting i bought a lot of products you know to try out and then if I liked them I stacked up on them Mm -hmm. you know because there were only certain stores that provided those products so I spent a lot of money initially on my transition but now that I've settled into plant-based and I've actually geared more away from the processed food Mm -hmm. and you know the packaged food and all of that um the mock meats I've steered away from that a lot as well um I find it a lot cheaper a lot cheaper vegetables um fruits grains are so much cheaper than processed meat and regular meat because i went in the store and saw how much regular meat costs now and it's even more expensive than when i was buying it right so i'm glad i don't have to worry about that (laughs) so you actually you know people think uh, they associate Whole Foods with Whole Paycheck, but actually, it's a lot cheaper. You can yeah. also go to farmers market where and there's fresh so produce. Cool? Yes, <laughs> it's a different experience. So awesome! You appreciate so much different things when you become an adult. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excited to go to the farmers like, market. All oh, the fruits are for fresh. Oh like, like lemons four for a dollar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's colorful. true. And it feels good supporting uh small businesses too because yeah, I'm a farms, big supporter exactly. of that. So that part of it is rewarding to me it as is. well. I like the local farmers market where they have actual farmers, you know, come out mm-hmm. and what they um yield it they present mm-hmm. for you to purchase and I just like the environment, you know, the feel yeah. of getting up on a Saturday and going to a market. It's fun. So, 
how do you feel about your food choices now? Do you have any guilt? Do you have any shame? Do you have any concerns, constrictions? My guilt has gone and I've been set free. (laughs) (laughs) I feel great about my choices now. Um, Now, I do not eat perfectly. You know, I will have a craving every now and again. And I allow myself to have cheat meals. I allow myself to go out. I allow myself every blue moon to have fast food. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, like, I'll try to eat healthy regularly Mm -hmm. and then have a restaurant meal like I still treat restaurant meals as my treat yeah and so when I do go to a restaurant it's like well you know I don't know what's what all is in this but I ask as many questions as I need to to make sure that at least it's just you know plant-based and not any um eggs or dairy or anything in it but um I allow myself to to have those meals and have those moments Mm -hmm. as long as I'm eating good continuously like regularly at home Mm -hmm. then those don't make me feel bad those moments don't make me feel bad yeah and it's really rewarding and they've done lots of studies on this too i know i keep going back to the facts but that's how i am Mm -hmm. (laughs) in like regards to data and stuff um they've associated how your diet affects you like emotionally and mentally Mm -hmm. so like when you're making those good decisions and when you're um putting healthy foods in your body it makes you feel better about yourself emotionally emotionally Mm -hmm. and then also like sticking to a commitment is like it sends off reward signals to your brain Mm. so every time you stick with something it encourages you to like move forward and it's kind of like a reward thing I think that's also now I haven't done like any studies of like behavior science or anything like that Mm -hmm. but I think that's why they develop like reward systems because if you think about it for kids like if you're bad you have to move your behavior car Mm, you know if you uh, talk too much you got to E or S you know in class so everything was like on a scale so people like focus on that so when you check in like you've stuck to your commitment Mm -hmm. it feeds into that sense of reward and success so it's so true because it's actually the same thing that we were doing pre-plant-based you know rewarding ourselves when we've done a good job Mm -hmm. or accomplished a task Mm -hmm. you know we would get a treat ice cream or something right yeah yeah so glad they make vegan ice cream though (laughs) (laughs) yes those are the best those little cheat meals that you can have or things that remind you comfort sometimes um what about your outside influences? Do, do any of them support your lifestyle now? Like your family, friends? Yeah, my family was completely shook, you know, when <laughs> I told them about um, my plant-based choices. They were not trying to have any part of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they kind of question you know vegans always get the the what about the protein question mm-hmm. how's your protein where do you get your protein from mm-hmm. my mom kind of surprised me she didn't say you know that she asked me about my calcium which was so funny because you know when you're eating all kind of junk food and processed food and 
you know, the sad diet. Nobody asks you about any nutrients or anything. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you go vegan, they want to know about your protein. They want to know about your calcium. They want to know, you know, about your B12 and things like of that nature. But it was funny. She asked me about my calcium. Uh, by the way, it's doing very good because I, I checked and uh, just recently had blood tests. And it is within a normal range. So, oh, that's great. Yeah, she was happy to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, they they are still not you know, trying to change their diets, but mm-hmm. they are supportive of mine, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I have noticed slight changes with them, though. Like, they want to do, you know, things that are, that are healthier mm-hmm. as far as diet is concerned, but I don't think they feel like that's in their grasp at this time. Mm-hmm. So they're just making, like, small changes, and that's good because you got to kind of go with people you know, at whatever pace that they're on. But I haven't really had anybody to just, you know, discourage me. I'm pretty strong-willed, so, um, you know, there's (laughs) (laughs) there's been negative comments, and I just take those with a grain of salt, you know. Mm. I just keep keep moving, and, you know, you have to choose your battle. Sometimes I will discuss it, and sometimes, you know, I'll I'll just keep quiet until... The opportunity presents itself. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel like there's anything else affecting your current food choices, like options, like where you can go? Um, you feel like restricted in any way? Yeah, vegan? initially going vegan, it was kind of hard to to find things because I couldn't go to the same restaurants that I was, you know, familiar with or that I liked. My favorite restaurants have totally flipped upside down. What once was my favorite, I have not even seen anymore. And that, yeah, that is just mind-blowing in itself. But um, I find that restaurants are slowly adapting, Mm -hmm. you know, to more options for Mm -hmm. vegans and plant-based eaters. And I'm I'm extremely excited about, you know, what's to come. And I feel like it's a wave. And if your restaurant has not, incorporated at least one vegan option you're losing (laughs) (laughs) this is true these are facts um do you feel like you've influenced anyone to make healthier choices or to convert to veganism let me flip that question to you yeah (laughs) um actually yes and oftentimes it comes as a surprise to me Mm -hmm. um Cause they'll come back and tell me, yeah, after we talked, I decided that I'm going to, you know, make better choices or, you know, I've had some people that say I'm going completely plant-based. Um, I had a cousin of mine, we were just having a random discussion and I was actually really new to, um, veganism. Well, I'll say more plant-based cause I like that term better, but, um, she was just asking some insight and we were just having a discussion. I was just telling her from what I knew at that time, which is far less than I know now. <laughs> um, and just the benefits and how it can impact your health and different things that I've seen and noticed. And what was her reaction initially? She was interested, um, but kind of discouraged a bit, mm-hmm. I would say. like Kind of like, it's overwhelming. Yeah, That's it a is a huge change and... You know, it's something that you're just not comfortable with, but she was open, which I appreciate. I feel like that's just kind of how you have to be in life. You can recognize something like, man, that's that's a huge feat, but huh, let me look into it a little bit more. You know, there may be something that I don't know or other possibilities. So anyways, 
Um, she ended up checking in uh, to some different options in her city because we're not from the same place and is on a majority plant-based diet and I didn't find out until a year later wow um and she uh she let my mom know that she had lost 40 pounds Mm. that um she wasn't having any more of her flare-ups on her skin for like an allergic reaction and she was doing so much better and she was really excited and to tell me that she had this positive experience that's amazing um it really was it was very rewarding it was very encouraging um i think that is what i enjoy the most Mm -hmm. um when speaking to people about it Um, because like i said i'm not that person that's in your face you need to do this you need to make this change i feel like it's something that um you're kind of presented with along your path whatever way like God wants to expose you to that because I really do feel like it's a spirit led thing Mm -hmm. and I can't separate the two and I'm not trying to be super deep or anything like that but I feel like you have to have like a spiritual mental and physical like awakening and it opens you, you up like piece by piece so as you journey through it whether that's incorporating green smoothies for a period and then trying the Mediterranean diet and then maybe pescatarian and then you know turning completely plant-based or whatever your journey is you may go cold turkey mm-hmm. um I feel like it every person's experience is different but it's necessary and it leads you to ultimately what you're supposed to do and whether that's a reduction or elimination. I'd hope that it'd be a full elimination so you can fully get all the benefits mm-hmm. um, of it. But like I said, progress is progress. And so that's like been the most beneficial part for me. Even though I've seen my own personal improvements in my health, encouraging other people and getting to see their experience and results is, I, I can't even. You can't pay for that type of joy. <laughs> right. So, if someone asked you for advice and they, they were on the standard American diet and they mm-hmm. ate everything on the menu, mm-hmm. um, what would be the one thing, if they, they could only eliminate one thing, what would be the first thing that you would suggest that they eliminate from their diet? The first thing that I would suggest would I would have to 100% agree. <laughs> that would be my first um, suggestion as there's well. There's just so many different impacts that it can have on your digestive system um, and a litany of other things. And I feel like it's a good starting place because mm-hmm. it's something that you may not consume daily. And even if you do, it makes you aware that you do. And mm-hmm. you can immediately see the impacts of that on your body because a lot of people are starting to notice that they're lactose intolerant, mm, which we all are. <laughs> we all are lactose intolerant. Because we're not baby cows. <laughs> <laughs> Dairy is scary. What would you tell someone who says, oh, but I love cheese. I can't give up cheese. You can make a different type of cheese. Hello. Be just as cheesy. Vegan and, options. <laughs> at the beginning of it, I probably would say just so they can get through it to go to the alternative cheeses yeah. that are heavily processed. 
but I feel like that's a start. Mm-hmm. And then you it's can like move into possibly making your own cheese. Have you made your own cheese? I've done it before. Oh. And it turned out pretty good. Um, but yeah, it's possible to do. So, if you were having a moment of weakness mm-hmm. and you wanted something that was not plant-based, what thought comes to your mind first that convinces you no I'm on the right track like I'm doing the right thing being plant-based is there anything that you learned any movie that you watched any document that you read that really just convinced you that you were on the right track honestly I feel like it's a personality it's twofold it's a personality thing and then yes some of the things I've been exposed to um I'm bullheaded, so <laughs> once I make a decision, I'm pretty firm on it. Mm-hmm. It's going to take a lot to change my mind. So um, that's why I'm also cautious about what I commit to right. because I tend to overly commit. <laughs> so I have to make sure that I really want to make that decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and that may come off as like I'm hesitant <laughs> to make choices mm-hmm. but it's just that I want to know am I really all in for this right and because I'm all in that's where my first kind of conviction comes from mm-hmm. with considering something else um the only time I really tempted is like if something smells good and most of the time that's from like seasoning and not actually the item in itself because mm-hmm. meat smells like rotting flesh and I don't mean <laughs> that in a you know negative way or to try to be all you know meat's gross but it's not appetizing in its initial state mm-hmm. it's not until you put seasonings on it battered it to where it becomes more appealing um, but yes the the facts that I've learned about how it impacts my body is something that also makes me not inclined to eat it. Mm-hmm. And also, I think, like, my brain is now trained that it's not food. Mm. Very so interesting. When I, look at, when I look at it, it's not like, oh, that's something I want to consume. <laughs> <laughs> so. What about you? For me, um, well, I'm a Taurus, so, you know, the whole mental thing it it is the same for me but um as far as what i've learned i had no idea of how animals were treated or um kept in the confined space that they were kept in how they were you know processed i had no idea and so when i was watching documentaries um such as cowspiracy and what the hell, and I saw the conditions and it just became so extremely gross that I could not even imagine putting this in my <laughs> mouth anymore. Like, this is what I'm eating, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that kind of sealed the deal for me. For me, I was already all in. I was already committed. Mm-hmm. But when I watched that, it was just like, okay, yeah, never ever like I literally paused a documentary documentary to say this never ever will I go back wow. again wow. I'm never eating this again and 
I, I mean, it just really blow my, blew my mind. So I think it is important. I'm, you know, very appreciative to the people who um, snuck in, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. to these facilities to expose the truths that are going on behind these closed doors and, you know, um, to, to let the public know, you know, how the meat is being processed and, mm-hmm. you know. And that, I feel like, is a good point to make because we have gotten away from God's design Mm -hmm. in the world and that's where the problem lies because a lot of that market is about profit and Mm -hmm. making money and so these animals aren't able to grow naturally right and in their natural like habitat and environment you know from keeping cows female cows pregnant year round and separating them from the calves just so that they can continue to produce milk isn't how it was naturally designed because I don't personally believe like meat is like the evil Mm -hmm. but the issue is that because we've done things improperly we've added we've had to now add all of these different medications and pesticides all of these things to that process where they're injecting in the animals or they're feeding it to them in food right. or they're, you know, sitting in feces and all yeah. this time because they've stuffed them into so these confined gross. spaces, we're now impacted mm-hmm. in our bodies when we consume Right. There's more so, cancer than it's ever right. been. There's more, you know, food-related diseases than we've ever experienced. Mm-hmm. It's because, like, they're factory farming now. Yeah. They're mass-producing in, right. like you said, unnatural right. ways, artificially right. inseminating it. Mm-hmm. Because things, because uh, I was shopping, moment of nostalgia, I was shopping with my grandmother um, a while back, and she even mentioned, like, in a grocery store, things used to be put out in season. Mm. And, you know, now they're just available year-round. Year mm-hmm. And that was not the initial design. So, like, we've gotten away from that. And we've had to compensate for them. Because even with certain fruits and vegetables, yes, I pay attention to. I was just to. thinking that. Um, Everything is seedless now. Yeah. Like, how are you growing <laughs> seedless fruits? Where are they yeah. coming from? Because even, that's <laughs> the other thing. Is even within uh, the plant-based diet, you have to be concerned yeah. with where you're getting your fruits exactly. from. And whether or not it's GMO. Right. Or <laughs> natural. Or, you know. If, if it's seeded because the fruit mm-hmm. that we consume should have seed and they put <laughs> this thick wax coating and make it shiny mm-hmm. so that you would want to buy it but right there's pesticides and all that's kinds. the other part that i forgot to mention in regards to like going to the farmer's market because mm-hmm. this stuff you can see right is like from the ground you still so get different. the dirt from right it. <laughs> it's not shiny it's, not it's like why is that apple so dull looking <laughs> right. because it it's natural yeah it doesn't <laughs> have a thick coat of wax on it <laughs> it doesn't look as appealing right once you get it home mm-hmm. You wash it, like you feel a lot better, and it tastes better too. I will say, like fruit and vegetables from the farmers market, and even places like Sprouts, right? um, Trader Joe's, Trader Joe's, they taste different than things that you may get in Walmart Mm -hmm. or Kroger. I'd say AGB has the best produce um, on display out of those three. (laughs) I'd have to go Sprouts. No, 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 no. Oh, I'm saying out of out H-E-B, Kroger, oh, okay, okay, Walmart, okay. Chain. chain chain places, okay. right. But, like, Sprouts definitely has the best options if you weren't going to go to a mm-hmm. farmer's market yeah, locally. Um, but, yeah, um, 
I, I think all of that is important to recognize when uh, when you're transitioning as well. Do you feel like you've seen significant benefits from the vegan diet? What do you feel like you're most excited about or where do the biggest I start? Benefits? <laughs> like my initial benefit after the one month of being vegan and my pain leaving was all the evidence that I needed. (laughs) From then on, everything else has been just a bonus, you know, because like I said, I went to different physicians and these people are medically trained to deal with this and they couldn't resolve it, but Mm -hmm. a plant-based diet did. Um, I have more energy than I've ever had before. I'm able to stay up longer Mm -hmm. and do more throughout the day, which makes me more productive. I sleep less, but you would think that I would be more tired and I'm not, you know, Mm -hmm. I I just require less sleep. I've seen significant weight loss, although I've had very... Uh, a lot of a lot of plateaus. I've had a lot of plateaus, but I also am battling sickle cell anemia and type one diabetes. Mm-hmm. But even with those two, I still have seen significant weight loss. Um, at this point, I've lost fifty five pounds already. Wow. So, you know. Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> what more can you ask for? Plant based diet. <laughs> Do you feel like it's difficult to transition to a healthy lifestyle? Uh, like you were saying, the transition is pretty much based on your personality. Um, at first, it's going to seem overwhelming, you know, but you can go as slow as you need to, grant, uh, as long as you don't have any emergencies or medical conditions that require you, you know, to, to heal, right? Because those may you may just have to go cold turkey and just deal with it. But um, for those who just want to make that change, you know, you can go as slow or as fast as you need to. But once you start seeing the benefits, it's like it's no turning back. Like, why right. would you want to go back to you know feeling the itis and yeah, and that's so. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the itis, I think for me, the itis is when you get really really sleepy after a heavy meal. Um, the itis for me was a game changer because it's like I could go to work and eat a full meal and then go back to work. Right. Whereas before, after lunchtime was nap time. <laughs> Even at work, like I didn't have a pillow, I didn't have a bed, but I would sit straight up and my head would fall back because I would sleep. You know, every single day I felt this. But not having that after, you know, eating a heavy meal or eating a, a lot is just... It's it's mind blowing. Wow. And it's something that I wouldn't trade. You know, I never knew that, you know, I could feel like this, you know, because I was so used to feeling uh boggled down and sluggish and tired and sleepy all the time and not being able to do much and, you know, run around and you know, just limited. I feel so I felt so limited and now I just feel so much freer, so that alone is enough to convince me. You know, wasn't that also due to the heavy medication you had to take for your? Oh, speaking thing? of heavy medication, <laughs> yeah. Um, man, I was on a lot of medicine, mm-hmm. and I say was because now I only take insulin. That is the only medication now that I take, and. 
I literally had a laundry list of medications. I was to a point where um, my sickle cell was really bad, you know, and it caused pain on a daily basis. And I had to take medication on a daily basis for pain, pain pills every day or every other day, Mm -hmm. you know, just to function, just Mm -hmm. to be able to get out of the house because I would wake up in pain. I would go to bed in pain. I would walk around in pain, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I had to take something in order to make it throughout the day, in order to make it out of the bed, in order to fall asleep. I couldn't even sleep. Like I would stay up all night. If I didn't take melatonin, which is good because I was taking Tylenol PM at first. And so I switched over to when I started going natural, I went to melatonin, which is a natural uh, sleep aid. I was taking melatonin every night. And if I did not take my melatonin, I did not sleep that night. Now I can fall asleep with nothing. I don't take any medications at all other than insulin. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. (laughs) Plant-based diet, guys. Plant-based diet. And that's what... (laughs) Like can also be difficult for people to accept because it's like those realities. They're like, no, yeah. like you can just dismiss they're it. They're far fetched, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. because it's like, no, you didn't really have to do anything, mm-hmm. or it didn't really make a difference or impact. Granted, you're not necessarily cured from sickle cell and type one diabetes yet. I'll yet, say yet, because <laughs> I'm still believing. We're um, gonna let you walk through this journey <laughs> with us, people. <laughs> but for you to not have to take any of those medications that you felt were necessary, and it wasn't from an abuse standpoint, right. it was like literally to make it day to day, is amazing. Yeah. And to say that you can um, go through a process where you can get off of that mm-hmm. is also awesome because now they have this whole opioid crisis right. and concern. Right. So it's great that you could get away from it and weren't dependent on it anymore Mm -hmm. so that is that's like a huge benefit that's a a game changer steps in the right direction yeah that's awesome well it's been a fun it has been a pleasure and i'm (laughs) glad that our listeners um who are hopefully still there have tuned in to discuss our beginning (laughs) we are plant-based eaters and we have come a long way and the transition is is possible it may seem overwhelming in the beginning but it is possible if i can do it you can do it that's it yeah if you ever need any advice you have any questions hit us up we're available and that wraps up our show take it away